Market Update December 29, 2020 Welcome to the first update of the Arden Trader. As we're on the cusp of a new year I thought this would be the best time to launch the blog. Over time I hope this site will be of help to any would-be traders slash investors who are starting out maybe even those with a bit more experience. The site might be a bit clunky to start but hopefully any errors will be ironed out as I progress. Intention at the moment is to describe share buys and sells here and do occasional miscellaneous diary updates further down. At the moment I'll update every two weeks on a Monday though I'm toying with the idea of updating this part every week and the miscellaneous stuff maybe every two. Who knows? At the moment I'm just going to see how it evolves. So without further ado onto the markets. For me it's been a good year despite the onset of the plague. While the FTSE is yet again underperformed, even now it's still below where it was in 1999, US markets have roared upwards, pumped up primarily by the Fed. One big problem for the FTSE is it's made up of mostly oil, commodities and leisure stocks, all of which are not exactly going to do well in a pandemic-induced depression, yup it's not a recession, it's a depression folks. Anyway, a bit more on this further below but the point most investors need to keep in mind is the money is to be made mainly in the FTSE 250 and AIM stocks, not the FTSE 100. Small companies and mid-caps will nearly always outperform the lumbering giants of that index. Most of the shares I've brought this year have yielded some fantastic profits. Avon Rubber has been a brilliant performer but after results it looked fully valued so I reluctantly took profits. It's a great company and if it's cheap again in the future I'll certainly be back in it. I've been trading this one on and off since around 300p but as that hasn't been in the SIP I've only listed it here at the price I brought in that account. At time of writing it's come down over 20% which technically puts it in a bear market so the chances are high I'll get another great re-entry price at some point. One of the toughest parts of trading is knowing when to bank profits. For me it's usually a mix of technicals being overbrought and a stretched valuation. You can never be 100% right but hey if a share carries on rocketing but you made a hefty profit don't beat yourself up. You made a good profit. I took a gamble on Penchon a rare earths at 76. As it's pretty much impossible to value this one I've kept the position size small. It's pretty much what it says on the can, a startup rare earths miner. As this stuff goes in pretty much every new technology going and is difficult to get outside of China I think this miner could go great guns. It sounds like they have a brilliant surveyor and seem to finding plenty of deposits so it's worth a punt. The last time I took a gamble on a miner was Greatland Gold late last year and that one yielded an almost 1000% profit. At time of writing Penchana is up at around 90p. Another recent buy was Tulo Oil. As this share price looks bombed out and appears to be turning upwards it seemed worth a go. The oil price itself has recovered to around the $50 a barrel area which, given the amount of the stuff allegedly sloshing about and the crash in global demand from COVID, seems to hint at some degree of strength. Could this be a source of future inflation? Who knows but Tulo is definitely dirt cheap at these levels and seems the best oiler to yield big profits. They've had a torrid time the last couple of years like every other oil stock but they seem to be turning a corner and have a lot of very good oil assets, something which was shown when they sold off their Ugandan fields to raise almost half a billion in cash. Two more recent buys have been Kape and Kanex. Kape deal in VPN security and own the VPN, CyberGhost, all stuff high demand at the moment. A recent capital raise was hugely oversubscribed at 150, even the directors piled in, so seems to be hard floor there and at 186 seems worth a go. I've been in and out of this a few times before and it's always brought in the money. Kanex provide equipment for telecoms testing and with 5 grams rolling out their equipment should be in high demand. They're profitable and throw off cash so at 126 there looks to be at least 50% upside here. Intain was brought at 1143. It's a gaming giant, formerly known as GVC.
I think the upside here is its aggressive move into the US, which is now a huge and growing market for gambling firms. Management seem determined to pursue growth and high profitability and with a decent statement mentioning those magic words ahead of expectations I think there could be some growth here. Avast, a cyber security firm, was picked up for 518. I think this one will be a long-term gradual gainer. I've been after a firm in this space for ages but most have been snapped up by private equity. No surprise there eh? Cybersecurity is already a huge market and can only get bigger with 5G, driverless cars, the internet of things etc. So I can see me holding this one for a while. Other open trades are all doing well. Argo continues to soar with cryptocurrencies heading for the mainstream. Blue Prism, my play on AI looks still to be heading higher and ThinkSmart and MicroFocus are both looking to break out yet again to higher levels. Recent buy TP group seems to be attracting buyers. I see this as a typical Ardennes share, overlooked, underestimated and with the potential to leap from out of nowhere and roar to the coast. It's dumped a rubbish industrial business and has been moving into consultation for gas storage. Hydrogen is the big one, a specialized area that can only grow in demand, AI for defense markets and is moving into the spaceport market, a huge area in the future. Think of all those Amazon, Apple satellites going up amongst all the other stuff going into space. Most people see space as far off SF stuff but it's not, it's happening now and over the next few years it will be a huge market. Even Scotland is getting in on the act. The road to Dunkirk. This is the bit where I muse or rather rant, on the UK or world economy or everything. It's just the world as I see it but probably most won't see it that way, which is why huge amounts of people are working their asses off, 12-hour shifts a day, 7 days a week and queuing up at food banks. I read a lot of stuff, articles, books you've probably never heard of, websites most people have probably never heard of, put it all together and form my own opinion. And my own opinion is the world is currently buggered. A number of people would probably agree with that but wouldn't be able to say why. Hopefully over the months and years this bit might explain the why or make you think a bit more. It's why it's titled The Road to Dunkirk. Millions of people herded like a shattered army to the only beach available and when they get there they can't find any boats. It's a complete balls up and it could have been avoided. For starters, we live in the 21st century and yet the levels of inequality are more akin to those of the Victorian era. In place of wealthy industrialists we have Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Elon Musk etc. Brilliant, inventive geniuses who just like Telford, Arkwright, Watt, Walton shaped the world and became wealthy and wielded enormous power. But for the majority of people at the bottom of the pile it made no difference and even made their lives worse. Dark satanic mills are great if you own them but not so great if you have to work in them. The 21st century world is awash with labor and to make matters worse technology is wiping out, and is going to continue to wipe out even more jobs. The working classes are driven to gig jobs while the middle classes are themselves being driven out of work or into the arms of lower incomes. And within all this upheaval governments and central banks are like French generals in 1940 moving armies around a map that were long since destroyed. They pretty much have no clue. Which brings me to item number one of 700,000, stock markets. How, in the midst of a pandemic and a depression can the US stock market reach an all-time high you might ask? Because central banks, and the Fed especially, are pumping them up. Even if, like Japan and Switzerland for example, central banks have to buy stocks directly. And for the UK and the US, that might well be coming to a cinema near you soon. Unless they decide to stream it instead. They simply can't afford stock markets to sink because if the wealthy lose their spending power the majority at the bottom of the heap will be out of work and the depression will get worse. It's what happened in the 30s. The roaring 20s were only roaring for a tiny percentage of the very wealthy whose spending kept the rest of the economy going. 
you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find a flapper in Wigan. If anything interrupted that spending the economy was screwed. During the 20s the stock market roared relentlessly upwards, the wealthy had plenty of disposable income and as they spent, brought cars and goods, employment stayed high. Yet wages for the majority were dire. Inequality was extreme. Business owners wanted to make more profit which would keep their share prices rising and keeping costs low was a great way to achieve that. Unionized labor was nothing more than an assembly worker's wet dream. After 1929 it all came crashing down. With their wealth tied up in a relentlessly falling stock market, the falls after 1929 were actually a lot worse than the October crash, the rich lost their spending power, and with the economy totally reliant on that small percentage of consumer spending, jobs disappeared, unemployment soared and spending power was even more reduced. Wage cuts for the few left in work simply exacerbated the problem and increased the fear. There you go. The money disappeared. That's the history. Is it any different now, in our Arthur C. Clarke 21st century future? Nope. Unfortunately, in this movie, the ape throws the bone in the air and it stays there. Freeze-framed. No segue into shiny high-tech space station. After that it falls to the ground with a thump and the ape grabs it, throws it up and it just keeps coming back down as the same stupid, dead bone he threw up at the start. Because, the US especially, most economies in the West are reliant on the spending of the very wealthy and that wealth is tied up in the stock market, central banks can't afford those markets to fall. So they do everything in their power to pump them back up. Even if it means they go insanely north in a collapsing economy. The intention is, so long as the wealthy top percent can maintain or even increase their wealth, you can at least recover at some point. It means not just maintaining the existing inequality, but actually increasing it. Will the 2020s be a repeat of the 1920s? Well it present it does seem that way. Global stock markets may well rocket north as consumers return and rack up more credit card debt while the banks and the wealthy rake in the profits. It seems we're just in a relentless cycle that at some point will blow up to such a degree even governments and central banks will run out of money. There are many many more factors at play, factors governments and central banks are too blind or too stupid to see or take into account but in, a sort of nutshell, that's where we are now. What I'm hoping is instead of just telling you this stuff I can show you a way of getting out of this mess. Everyday stuff. This bit is exactly what it says on the tin. An occasional diary entry for everyday stuff to show I'm not some rich aloof academic type. Although it would be nice to build up enough money to maybe one day pretend to be a rich aloof academic type. Maybe wear a turtle neck knitted jumper, chinos, boating shoes and occasionally ball oom um considerably richer than yao maybe. But I haven't had a personality change yet for sure. Seeing as this is our first pandemic Christmas it's been just us this year, the wife and two teenage kids. As usual, me dealing with frustrating tech stuff. Real high-end mind-boggling things like unplugging the HDMI cable from the TV to the skybox in order to connect in the daughter's Nintendo thingy whatever it is gaming device. Which inevitably doesn't work when connected. Picture but no sound and not even a YouTube video to explain why. After a protracted period of ranting, Stabbing at the botter and hurling Christmas cards around the room I resorted to that old favorite, switching it off and back on again which has ever worked perfectly. I wonder how many blokes secretly love the fact they didn't have to go round the mother-in-laws or visit relatives and sit chatting about bugger all this Christmas. For me it was just nice to be lazy and do nothing for a change, though I did miss the family get-together at the sister-in-laws in Devon, a relatively recent thing the last couple of years. Her other half is a farmer, and has family living in cottages next door as well as mates who just pop in when it suits. A completely different life to the city. It's always a bit chaotic at Christmas dinner but sometimes chaos is fun. Don't want to be a bah humbug type but a lot of crap gets brought at Christmas. 
Vast amounts of it gets either thrown away by the summer or are gifted. One time we had a scent diffuser thing that was so ancient it was brought in the 70s. When I made the fatal mistake of actually opening it we passed out for several minutes and when we came round even the dog had thrown up and fled upstairs. Mugs, so many mugs. Christmas and birthdays people either buy or re-gift mugs. Stupidly because we didn't have the heart to actually bin them or gift we kept them and on boxing day the wife opened the cupboard and heaps of them crashed to the floor. She did buy me a metal extendable back scratcher though. Amazing thing but has been employed mostly in the role of dog ball retriever for the small rubber balls the dog keeps losing under the sofa. TV is unsurprisingly mostly reruns given hardly anything could be made. Another chance to watch. We watched the new George Clooney film on Netflix. A bit predictable but okay. Ending was a bit strange though with the credits appearing over, spoiler alert, the two crew members sort of messing around with their pretend controls and looking as though they had nothing to do. Reminded me of newsreaders trying to look as though they're doing something important when the next program is taking too long to come on. Carry On Screaming was on one of the channels, and we all gathered to watch that. By far one of the best carry-ons. That's it for the first update. Hope you enjoyed. Next update, Monday 11th January.